Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, James Cooper. How are you doing, James? Very good. You? Good, mate. Really good. Looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm... um... I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. I've been pressing you to do a little bit on reflection. Well, but not only that, but you've been at T2 six months now. Yes. And this is our first podcast together. Correct. I don't know why, maybe time, maybe just how busy we've been. You've obviously been focused on your your delivery, your clients, you know, the, the learning the core programs that we deliver here at T2. However, we finally got into a room. Yeah. And... Um, You've been uh, sort of prodding me for about a month now going, should we do a podcast on reflection? Do you want to talk about reflection, the art of reflection? And it's like, yeah, do you know what? We need to put some time aside to do that. So let's spend half an hour now talking about that. I think it's a really fascinating topic. And do you know what, James? If we get to the end and we feel like there's more in it, we can come back for a second podcast. Okay. Okay. So just first question to you then. Um, It's something you use is reflection. When did you first discover it or come across it? And why do you feel it's so valuable? So from a teaching background, it became quite apparent that as you go through qualifications and get into the stage where you can actually, wow, I'm actually teaching here. Does Is it any good? Am you, I doing it right? Yeah. What's, why did that happen? And all of a sudden you end up having this backlog of information that's just in your head. Hmm. Um, and, and it it actually got quite quite intense when you when you think about how do how do we actually look back on what's happened and did what you think actually happen or is it just from a different point of view that's no that's not what I saw that's not what actually happened and I think we're definitely going to we well we're definitely going to touch on that. It's an interesting point because I would also say that. I'm not so sure everybody is wired, hardwired to naturally reflect. Some people don't reflect. Some people don't look back on what's happened and go, did it serve me well or not? Mm. Um, How is this going? Am I achieving what I wanted to achieve? How am I coming across? How am I working with others? I don't think people, not everybody does that. Some people steam through life Mm. with this notion of, I am who I am. It is what it is. I ain't going to dwell on the past. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. But some people, as we know through print and through the psychometric testing we do, are more likely to reflect than others. Some people are deep thinkers and some people do care about the impact they're having on others and situations and therefore they're more likely to reflect than others. I think that would be a fair assessment. I, I think it? that's probably the, one of the points that we def, well, we will need to touch on is the impact and the purpose of actually having reflection in place and affecting the impact that you have in whatever role you have uh, in within an organisation or within some any form of structure, or it could even be personal reflections. But but what we're saying, yeah, absolutely. But what we're saying here, isn't it, James? Is some people are more likely to follow that process than others, given what they're motivated by, what their personality type is, etc. I mean, I've met some people, James, in their forties and fifties. Right, they've gone through four or five decades of life, and they're still don't take time to reflect on the, the impact they're having. 
And that's a self-awareness thing, but it's also around the way they're programmed. For example, we use print as an example. And yeah. for people who know about it will know what I mean. For people who don't, you'll probably get it. If you've got a motivator to be needed and appreciated, you're more likely to reflect. Yeah. If you've got a motivator to have peace and harmony in your, in your life, you're more likely to reflect. If you've got a motivator to be safe and secure and avoid things going wrong, you're more likely to reflect. So whereas if sometimes you've, you're steaming forward in life and you're just trying to succeed and achieve or you feel like you're ultimately strong and self-reliant and you don't need anybody, the temptation might be you're less likely to reflect. So I think it's an interesting concept. However, what we're going to talk about here is the art of reflection is incredibly important. And it's Definitely. the notion of assessing what's happened, reflecting on and thinking about situations and scenarios and go and asking yourself the question, how is this going? Is this serving me well? Mm -hmm. Is there anything I can do different? I think that's the ultimate definition, I isn't think, it? Yeah, I think that we, we can get into the real detail <clears> of it. But yeah, for an overview of it, that's definitely a starting point for us. Okay, so my work on this or where I work with customers and organizations on this, uh, James, and it'll sort of help with the definition piece before we go into some of the ways you can reflect, mm -hmm. is there are two types of reflection. I, I, try, I know it's, I'm simplifying it here, but yeah. it'll probably be simple, more simple for the audience if we do. Yeah. There's two types of reflection, right? There is reflection in the moment mm -hmm. and there is a period of reflection. So let's call them a moment of reflection and a period of reflection. Yeah. They speak for themselves. One is in real time, ha what's happening right now or what just happened and how did that go? And the other one is, giving yourself time and a, uh, over a period of days, weeks, or months, how is this going? How did that go? Did that serve me well? What do I do going forward? Okay. So a moment of reflection or a period. And if you just to give you the psychology and the neuroscience of this, um, metacognition is the term where we have thoughts about how we're feeling, thoughts about thoughts. So metacognition is our ability in the moment or shortly after to go, ooh, that's made me feel like this. But take a step back and start thinking about why you feel like that. It's called metacognition. It's really hard to do when the emotions are flying and the, you know, situations right in front of you. And then you have what I call metadata, which is more of an IT term. But think about it like this. It's in a period of reflection. It's trying to analyze through evidence and information what's going right, what's going wrong, what do I do differently going forward. And obviously that takes a little bit more time. Metacognition and metadata, they fit hand in hand with reflection in the moment or reflection over a period of time. And and I always simplify it, James, because I think if people are listening to this right now in this first part of this podcast, I want you to ask yourself the first question. A, do you take time to reflect at all, number one? And B, what do you struggle with the most? That reflection in the moment, that metacognition, that reflection of how things are making you feel and if things are going well or not in the moment. Or do you even take time to, to reflect over a period of time and look back? And if you don't, that's the first sort of fix you've got to. And I think I think from that there, Martin, it makes clear links to the chimp um, and the work that we do on the chimp paradox. So I think from my point of view is that if you don't reflect, you're really, you're doing yourself a disservice to even just to connect with the information and that emotional intelligence, emotional control, being consciously competent of what you say and how people 
maybe receive that and also the reactions that people have to what you say. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's def- definitely some really, really clear links to... Like, let me put, put you right in the scenario now, James. I would say, having known you for six or seven months now and worked closely with you, that I think that, would this be a fair assessment? I think given what we've just said, I think you, if anything, struggle with the metacognition around trying to have clear thoughts about your thoughts in the moment. But what you do do really well is you you do that metadata piece where you'll go away and you reflect over a period of time to give yourself time to come to a sensible conclusion. You're really good at that. But I think what what you you struggle with is probably in the moment, it's like, if I try and reflect on my thoughts on how I'm thinking right now, it's probably not going to be productive. So I need that period of time. Is that would that be a fair assessment? I'd, I'd like to think that <clears throat> over the over the course of my development and what obviously brings me to T two as well in in that sense, I'm now more reserved, and that isn't a coincidence. Yeah, I am more reserved in reacting to something rather than blurting something out and then regretting it later on, mm. and that's something that is taught and learned. Yeah through the process that I follow when, when going through reflection. But yeah, I agree with the time. It's not a coincidence that mm. I I take the time. I give myself the time, whether it's in a drive on the way back from a, from maybe delivering to a cohort or even sat in the office and having the conversations. That's, that's the time where I go, okay, leave me alone for a couple of minutes. Let me leave me alone for a, a little, a little bit of a, uh, maybe just to take notes or it could be that I write something down and then I come back to it. Yeah. And that's where I found some really good progression for me as an individual within business to say, right, what's actually happened here? Yeah. Why somebody told me that and, and breaking it down into quite a granular level. I think, yeah. And I think, I, I think that serves you well. I think when you go away for a, a day, a couple of days, hours and you just think and write and capture stuff you're going to, you're going to talk about journaling soon <clears throat> you always come back with that metadata piece of going okay i've i've now got a more rational thought process and yeah. outcome yeah I, i've always i'm the flip to you so i've always been really good at that metacognition yeah. I, I know exactly how i feel in the moment and i've got no problem in being able to think about that in the moment mm-hmm. split second and address it yeah it doesn't always serve you well because if your chimp's not under control, it can it can become out as combative. But what I've I've always been quite good at is not letting my chimp fly off the handle and dealing with a tough situation in the moment, having that metacognition to think about how it's making me feel. What I've never been good at is the long, the reflective piece of like for a period of time after, think think about how that went for you, the other person or people in the situation. And was it the most optimal or best outcome? I've never been good at that because I blissfully go away, James, and go, right, dealt with that. Done. Done. Mm. And it might be done in my mind, yeah. but what I've learned over the years is I've maybe pissed other people off or I've left other people a bit battered and bruised. Mm. And because I don't do the reflective piece, like the, <clears throat> the the metadata piece after a period of time, I'm, I've moved on. Mm. And it's like later down the line, I found out that that, that other person or other people didn't see that situation and have moved on from it as quick as I did. So I think 
when I think about where we've started today on this podcast, what I'm getting better at now is giving myself periods of reflection to think back and say, do, is it done or do I need to readdress this? Is there anything else we need to do? What could I do better next time? And you know what? That serves me well because I need to do it. And, it, and it's just getting people thinking, listening to this, Coops, you know, what are you more on the side of the fence on? Are you better with metacognition where you know exactly how you feel in the moment and you and you think about it and then you address it, but you don't give yourself periods of reflection to actually analyze? Or are you better at analyzing over a period of time, but you don't ever quite deal with it in the moment because you, yeah. you, you're you not equipped to for whatever yeah, reason? And I think that that is a skill set. And it's, it's not about, oh, you're better than me and I'm better than you or no. whatever. It is whatever works for you and totally individual. So even where I've spoken to people that class themselves as quite reflective hmm. and going down into the levels of, right, why did that happen? Where does it sit? What are the reactions from that? Well, actually, are you looking at the right things? Have you got a process or do you just say, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm reflective. I, I, I have a little chat with myself and that's it, which is fine. But what, if yeah. you really want to get down into the detail and get the actions in place and then potentially not make the same mistakes. Now I make mistakes. Now I, I know I do. And I think everybody does. But what do you do as a consequence of that? Do you still make the same mistakes? Well, let's go into this now, Coops. I'm going to pick your brains on process because I think this is important. And at this point, let me distinguish on, on this conversation of where we're heading here. So just to recap, if there's two forms of reflection, reflection in the moment or a period of reflection, yeah. reflection in the moment being that metacognition of being able to think about how you think, think about your thoughts, think about how you're feeling in the moment. And the 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 reflection over a period is more around analyzing and mm. thinking rationally about actually what the reality is. Yeah. So you can correct going forward. Then then the the processes need to are always going to be aligned with the period of reflection because you need a period yeah. to be able to follow a process. Whereas the first part of metacognition, which I'm sure we can come back and talk about maybe on a future podcast, Indeed. it requires self-awareness. It requires you to understand how your brain works. It, it requires you to take a moment and suppress the emotional response, the reaction, and and but still respond in a timely fashion. Not easy, takes a lot of practice, takes a lot of experience, yeah. but that's more of a psychological self-awareness, self-control thing. What we're going to go into here is let's say you do allow yourself some space for reflection, then you need a process, okay? So give us an example of a couple of processes so you can follow. There is there is so many out there, Martin, um, and through <clears throat> education and, and qualifications, that whatever's, whatever you go through, you, there is different examples. So there's called... Kolb's learning uh, experiential model, Gibbs reflective cycle, Thule and Thule 2001, where they actually look at certain things in regarding uh, in relation to sort of service and actually doing things. Um, and really sort of the model that I've, I've adopted and would urge people to maybe even think about, or any of those are brilliant, by the way. Yeah. But, one that's fit, fitted with me quite well is uh, really it was Collier, um, who well, was PJ Collier and DR Williams, 2005. And they were looking at 
reflecting in action and reflecting on action. Now that ties in quite well with what we spoke about regards meta metacognitive reflection and also the yeah um metadata metadata reflection. So if you're actually taking those things and to make it simple again for everybody that's listening is reflecting on action being when you take that time period and think about did what I think happen happen and then taking that time and going through a process of I use a, the four W's if you like Martin yeah so it was what went well and then what next so what went well if that was a, a principle of it what went well brilliant what actually happened right why did it happen that way or what specifics can I get down to to think of a reason that that happened in that way and and the W's really do lend itself to that challenge state it sort of ties in with our ABC technique of focusing on the things you control because when you say right what went well what's happened but what am I going to do next yeah you're instantly back in control making yeah. decisions yeah. taking actions and that's what we call a challenge state rather than stuck in that zone of threat state where you're just worrying about, did I piss someone off? Has it gone wrong? Has it gone too far? Can I come back yeah. from this? Um, so I think these processes you're talking about, and I'm sure with Kolb and all of them, as well as Collier's, you know, you're they're trying to get you focused on what you do next. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that is the point. So we 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 have a and I'm from our football background, Martin, it's been Right, okay, what's the purpose? What is the purpose of everything we do? In business, what is the purpose of what you do? And in reflection, what is the why are you doing this reflection? What is the what is the point of doing it? What are you getting out of it? And I think when you start to make the links between next time this happens or a similar situation, I'm going to try or make efforts, make a decision to actually change what I do. Yeah. And whether that's big meetings where you're having the, the quite quite challenging discussions with people, or it could be one-to-ones, or even we, we could even reflect on how effective our podcasts are. Whatever it is, it's the action that comes from that and yeah. the validation of, yeah, that makes sense. We're going to try it. Do you think, because it's all good stuff, this, and, you know, even now, sort of metacognition's happening in my brain. Yeah. I'm having thoughts yeah, about, right. you know. But the it's point when your brain starts popping as well, Mike. <laughs> but it's it's the, the point I'm going to say here is because there'll be some people listening to this. I, do you think there's a fine line between too much reflecting and reflecting too much on the intricacies of everything and trying to please everybody and find the the unicorn, the desired outcome, mm. and actually reflecting and going, you know what? The, art, the, the purpose of this isn't to be perfect. The purpose of this is to go, is there some clear and easy things I can change or adapt yeah. which will just serve me better? But I think there is a dangerous uh, ground for some people whose mm. brains work in a procrastinating way where too much reflection and trying to be too perfect and fix everything and please everybody, it, that's not good, is it? So this goes down to structure again. So what structure are you going to put in place? What are, what are you actually going to do? How are you going to do it? And what are your intended outcomes? And now it can be asked the question is, what is your purpose of reflecting? Are you reflecting for something that could be beneficial for you? 
or is it something that can be beneficial for the team that you lead, for example, with quite a lot of the cohorts we use? But if there isn't a purpose behind it, you can get lost and you can end up down the rabbit hole. And I've been there a few times, Martin. So it, really, having timelines in place are really quite important. Understanding what subject matter it is that you are reflecting on. Is it something that is potentially going to change your life? Is it something that's really could be, oh, I'm going to try a different routine in the morning, for example. I'm going to try a different way of looking at meetings. Whatever it is, give yourself a structure. And if you don't stick to the structure, that might be something to reflect on. But remember, don't get lost on the rabbit hole. And if I give it two examples of reflecting in, in action, which is the other one, is where you are in the moment, is don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself and understand that at the end of the day, it's not the worst case scenario. But to understand what you could do differently is definitely a time a time that you need to take. And think about this. If you're not in control of your chimp, as we, as we use in the language use at T2, does it just end up in chaos? Mm. Is there a different is there a different way that you can speak to people in that situation in the moment to get a better outcome? So to avoid going down that rabbit hole, because I'm just thinking about the worriers in life and the mm. people who reflect every second of every day and it's draining for them because yeah. they can't get themselves out of it because they're constantly self-conscious and worried about they're not getting it right and what can they do better and all the rest of it. But I think object what I'm hearing there is objective based reflection is key. And what that what I mean by that is let let me give you an example. So a leader might be worrying that they're not leading the team in the most productive way because the team are not hitting the metrics they're they yeah. need to hit. Yeah. That's it. Say that's the scenario. Okay. So the leader wants to go through a period of reflection to say, right, what are we doing? What am I doing? And what can we do different to, yeah. to increase our performance? So the ob Objective-based reflection is the notion that they're trying to improve team performance. So the reason that's important and it avoids going down the rabbit hole is because they might then go, right, we're not doing X, we're not doing Y, so we need to do more of that. And I've got one person in the team who's particularly disruptive and they're inhibiting some of the other people's mindsets. Okay. So I'm going to make these decisions going forward to increase performance. Now, what that might involve is that I'm going to piss a person off. That person who's toxic is not going to, that's not going to be popular with them. Yep. However, because my objective is to increase team performance, my period of reflection here has led me to decisions that is going to, inc I think, increase our chances of improving performance, even though it's going to be unpopular with one person in the team. Because the difference between that and just reflecting is, if you were reflecting without an objective, you might be going, well, I want to do this, but that'll piss that person off. And then that's not good because that person becomes more toxic. Mm -hmm. And then the team are not going to be able to get on board with this. And you go round down the rabbit hole and round in circles because mm -hmm. you're trying to fix everything yeah. and please everybody. And I just wanted to use that as an example because I think what we're saying here, James, is reflection is in, is powerful and it's important, but it needs to be, there needs to be an objective. Yeah. There needs to be a structure. Yeah. But you have to have that healthy understanding that you can't please everybody and everything. All the time, you just can't. You, you can't, you can't. And it, would, it wouldn't it would be, ideally, it wouldn't be very sensible for you to think that because 
and again, this goes to timelines and how much time you spend on doing this, you are going to end up overthinking, over-reflecting and ending up being maybe a little bit more, a little bit less confident in what the decisions you've made. Let me ask you a question. So is it good practice, therefore, to structure some time for reflection in and have that as a regular like cadence? So, you know, if you've got a busy working week, uh, Friday lunchtime, or on the way home from work on a Friday, I'm going to have a period of reflection and look back on the week. Or you know, does it have to be as rigorous as that? Or depends on the person? At 100% depends on, in, on the individual. Yet making a point of having the thoughts is definitely something that I'd... I'd um, I'm, well, I'm an advocate for. Um, when we talk about the ways that we do it and what you can actually do to record those things... Some people, and I've, I've spoke to people, I did it for a period of my life where actually where you could go take journals down, every meeting, every communication that I had with this one person was really important to me. And I knew that I needed to get the information down so that I didn't miss anything. And I knew it was for the purpose was to not miss anything and to improve, develop me as a person. And did you then look back at those journals, that journaling, and what, what did you do? Like end of the day or end of the week, you'd look back and go... What did we discuss in that meeting? What was the outcomes? Was it just a general reflection so, of reading through the journal? Some of some of these journal items were really detailed about specific things we wanted to develop within a business and specific people that we wanted to put in place that we thought would maximise the effectiveness of the, of the business itself. But then when you look back, the note-taking was even more important when we started to look at, and I personal reflections were about my own values and taking notes and just making notes on things that happen and why I'd maybe think that way. And working with some of the companies that we work with is that little bit of ambiguity of, do I know what my values are? Do I know what the company's values are? Well, really, are they written down anywhere? And and what we, what we come to the conclusion quite a few times is, oh, well, so-and-so, so-and-so thinks this. Someone else thinks this. And really, we're all just sort of flirting with the idea rather than getting something so, down. So your journaling for you is about creating alignment then. It's about yeah. going, am I aligned to the objectives, to the people around me, mm. to what needs to be achieved? And relying on the human brain to retain all of that from every conversation is, is not it's an easy... It's a hard ask, isn't it's, it? It's one of my mistakes, Martin. Yeah. Because I've learned that it can't. I, the amount of information that I'm taking in I can't possibly assume, and this is another one of my values, don't assume anything. Well, that's why, because I write, I write the bloody stuff well, this down. Is, this is what, <laughs> one of my biggest triggers, as you know. Like if we go into a room and I'm doing a, a business update or I'm taking some of you guys through a certain piece of content, mm. like if someone turns up with no notepad and pen, my instant thought yeah. is we're about to do 45 minutes of yeah. in-depth psychology yeah. on a topic. And you, how are you going to remember this? That you know nothing about, by the way. Yeah. And you're going to go away and go, yeah. cracked it. And, and and it just winds me up because I'm yeah. a note taker. And I've, and, and I've like I say, I've got journals and training books and workbooks from years ago. Yeah. I've got my, the very first books I ever read with all my notes in on certain chapters yeah. and pages. And it's magical when you can look back and just make, you know, just really contextualize what it is you learn. And also you're just ingraining that information in your, in your brain again. And this is, this is another one, right? And we can go as deep as you want, but actually having it where you take yourself back to that moment mm. when you first learned that information 
and who told you about it? How did it make you feel? I yeah. always talk about starting this business. I remember I wrote my first leadership program mm -hmm. on a plane on the way to Orlando when I was working for Gartner. And I wrote my first leadership course on that plane. And by the time I went to Orlando, did a course and come back, I'd made my decision that I was going to set up a company. Right. I can remember that plane journey and how I felt and what had lit inside me. Oh, I can just remember it. And 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 it and it's good. Reflection takes you back to moments mm -hmm. which make you feel a certain way, which sometimes is enough to make sense of what it is you need to do next. And who you are. Yeah, and who you are, yeah. Mm. James, I think we need to come back and do a bit more on this, but let's just summarize what we've said in this half an hour, because half an hour has gone already. Yeah, right? flies. Reflection is important, right? And what we're saying is uh, it's got to be objective-based, it's got to be structured, mm -hmm. and it's got to be with the purposes. You can't please everybody, but what are the things I can do to make my situation more optimal going forward or to be aligned or to make sure that I'm on track? Um, we talked about metacognition in the moment reflection of thinking about how I'm feeling and thinking. We talked about a period of reflection, which is more metadata. Yeah. Let me go away and think and gather data and evidence to actually rationalize the situation a bit more accurately so there's no ambiguity. Both are really good. You've talked about several structures that help you with that. But either way, just ask yourself the question after this podcast, do I reflect? And if I don't, do I need to actually start structuring some time to do so? 30 seconds left, James. Any final comments on reflection? It's totally down to you. And believing that there is marginal gains and there is little details that you might have missed or other details that you don't need to think about. But have the thoughts and get a process in place. And just play around with it. Yeah, it's you. James Cooper, loved that, mate. Thanks Thank you very team. much. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. Introducing the T2 Leadership Retreat 2023, the ultimate leadership development experience from the People Performance People. Join us at the prestigious Grove Resort in Hertfordshire for our annual leadership retreat where you will be joined by other senior industry leaders in this immersive three-day experience. The T2 Leadership Retreat will include a three-night all-inclusive stay at the five-star Grove Resort, multiple leadership tasks, sessions and challenges, an in-depth personal leadership 360 report, an exciting off-site activity at a nearby location, as well as access to psychometric profiling and self-awareness tools. The retreat will be facilitated by experienced professionals from the world of business, the military and professional sport, and will feature high-profile guest speakers, Sir Dave Brailsford, Director of Sport for Ineos, and former New Zealand Rugby Union captain, Sean Fitzpatrick. To book your place on the ultimate leadership experience of the year, or for more information, please contact help at transuperformance.com.